you know those those adverts that pop up is like want want a girlfriend looking for anyone in your area. You know those type of adverts. Oh yeah, those those one hundred percent legitimate adverts. Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah. It was one of those. It's a dragon. It's Saint David's Day. Saint David's a dragon. Saint David's a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, Penetrant set of Wales. Who's Romney? I don't know. Romney. Something, well, something to do with the presidential election. Oh. They're all school. Right, are you ready to rock? Okay. Ah, give it a minute. I saw an article on Bleeding Cool for missing words in absolute, uh, absolute Kingdom Come, and I panicked, but then I found out it was uh, for the third printing, and I've got the second one, so I was very calm. Okay. A really very close look to the new Avengers trailer. It's good. Is it? New Avengers trailer. Mm-hmm. Exceptionally good. Night, baby. Is that the new trailer for the Avengers or the trailer for the new Avengers? It's the trailer for Avengers Assemble. Which we're is? not calling it the Avengers over here because we're apparently too stupid to know the difference between a superhero <laughs> comic book movie and a 40 year old TV show. Ah. So. It makes sense. Well, title changes go, it's not the most egregious, is it? Yeah. Avengers Assemble. Which was the one we had to change for the American one because they thought it'd be part of the fourth film in a series. King George the. Oh, it was the third, wasn't it? Richard the third, wasn't was it? Was it, yeah. I can't remember. Who knows? Nice. Are you ready? Nope. This briefing is from file A56-7W. Classified top secret subject is. Hey kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. Great taste, and welcome to our second and final episode of our coverage of Final Crisis. Your guides for the multiverse this week are my young and reckless partner, Andrew Leyland. Hello! And I, the older, more sophisticated and better looking of the two, monitor of Earth 37. Who doesn't have a name, apparently? Michael Leyland. Well done. I, I thought if I go for the more... Yeah, okay. the monitor of Earth 37. Now, we kick off today with the Final Crisis tie-in. Boo. It's not a boo. It's a yay. Yay. There we go. Revelations by Greg Rucker and Philip Tam. Oh, no, that's a boo. Oh, yeah. I haven't read it, so I don't know. It's a bit naff. Okay. It it, it doesn't also tie into the series at all. Oh, I'm not sorry that I've not read it. Well, it takes place after the Martian Manhunter's death, but Rene Montoya hasn't been picked up by Shade yet, apparently. 
The Spectre kills Dr. Light in effigy for killing Manhunter and almost kills Renny Montoya, who, according to a prophecy, is the head of the religion of crime. Before he can, he is interrupted by God's other servant, the Radiant, who is Mercy. The religion of crime was the spear of destiny. Go to Vandal Savage, who is Cain, the killer of Abel, and he marches over to where God's two servants and Renny Montoya hide in the midst of Spectre, his slave. Renny and Huntress manage to escape to get themselves stabbed by the spear, which means that Renny has control of the spear, even if it's in her stomach. She makes it so that some people take care of Vandal, while Radiant heals Huntress, but is unable to heal Rene, who uses the spear to heal Crispus Allen's soul, and he forgets his son. And he's then returned to the Spectre. Then, before Rene dies, Radiant heals her. The Spectre then makes Cain walk around Earth, where everyone punishes him for in the murk of Cain, forever. And then Crispus Allen goes back to his home, where he's reunited with his son, who Rene brought back. Very good. That's all you're missing. I'm not missing anything, judging by that. Well, no. It, it doesn't tie into it at all. The beginning doesn't. The middle sort of does with people possessed <laughs> The middle by... kind of sort of does. I, I mean, mean yeah. if you squint, people have, look at it from an angle. People have red eyes and run around saying, anti-life is all, and... <laughs> and that makes it a final crisis tie Yeah. Well, that's a fair enough. And uh, the ending ties in a bit, so it, it, it doesn't have to be red, really. And I haven't. No. Good. This happened around the same time as the next tie-in, Resist, also by Greg Rucker, but this time by Eric Troutman, Ryan Suck, and Marco Ruder. No relation to Colonel Troutman. He, he might have. Perhaps. All the Checkmate bases have been breached, so Mr. Terrific and Co. in the Arctic base decide to use half the 11.5 million people who carry the OMAC nanogene from Infinite Crisis as weapons, and so enable Brother High, I, who promises not to kill them. Aye, aye. <laughs> the Omax then make their way to the Arctic base where they clear out all the possessed and Mr. Miracle makes his way to Watchtower 1 with Caleb, Cheetah and The Thinker. Now, after this, we have yet another Final Crisis tie-in. I was just going to say, was that it for that one? Pretty much. How many issues was that? Just the one. Oh, good. They sit around in a base for a bit and talk and eat crisps. Oh, because there's nothing more exciting than a comic where people sit around and talk. And, and, then, the, and then the thinker breaks into a base and has sex with Cheetah, only to be attacked by Gorilla Grodd. Uh, carry on. They fight Gorilla Grodd naked. Now, this tie-in was penned by Morrison. It was called Final Crisis Submit, also by Matthew Clark and takes place just before where Final Crisis 3 left off, before the flashes ended up a month in the future. The cover, by Clark, is of black lightning shooting electricity against a dark blue wall. The Final Crisis variant, by Rodolfo Migliari, is of the tattooed man fighting justifiers. Final Crisis Submit actually has quite a good cover by Matt Clark. Yeah. Yeah, it's another the hero stands around and shows us his powers poster cover, but for reasons I can't adequately explain. I quite like that. I like the colouring and the shadowing and it looks really effective. I was just going to say something stupid. <laughs> well, why stop yourself now? Half the room's black. Oh, dear God. Next! Um, yeah, I should probably go tell them this time was deemed important that it was actually in the it's graphic novel. It's actually in the graphic novel and thus I have read it. Yeah. It was also collected in Superman Legends 27 with a cover date of September, October 2009 and has the cover for Final Crisis 4. In an abandoned school in Blue, Blue Harbour, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're carrying that gag on, are we? Just, just to annoy Adam. Okay. A woman and her daughter uses the internet to call out an SOS against the wishes of her husband, the tattooed man. Outside, Black Lightning tries to escape from a pack of hunger dogs, delivering the latest edition of the Daily Planet. He runs into a shopping mall, 
picks up a bin and fills it with water from a fountain and pours it on them, electrocuting them as he does. Ellsworth, the tattooed man and his son hide from possessed people and see black light in their head. He crashes some flying robot thing, and the tattooed man reluctantly saves him from the surrounding justifiers and hunger dogs. A dead hunger dog falls on lightning and he loses consciousness. He wakes up in the school the light that tattooed man and his family have been using as a home. As soon as he wakes up, he tells them not to burn newspapers or books. People worked hard to publish the papers and books the treasures of our civilization. After the tattooed man shouts some drivel about not being looked down on, Black Lightning says that they should leave. With all the bags packed up, they find a bus with a dead battery, but Lightning sparks it up. As the justifiers surround the buildings, Tattooed blames Lightning for leading them through them. <laughs> I thought you said Tattoo then. And suddenly I got a picture of her villa chair saying, The plane, boss! The plane! <laughs> you may have to catch it because it flew right over my head. Uh, yeah, you don't remember Fantasy Island here with Ricardo Montalban. Mm. Rich Corinthian lover. And her villagers was the little squat tattoo guy who was his little assistant. Okay. But his wife says that she sent the SOS, and that's what attracted them. The justifiers blow their way into the school, and the group take off in the school bus pursued by justifiers and hunger dogs. Lightning blows up some cars, but the bus gets set on fire. They climb out of the bus and run down into a tunnel. If they can get to the other end, there'll be a no man's land where Lightning's daughter in shade are. Tattooed's family runs down the tunnel, but he and Lightning stay so he can shout out Lightning some more. And every time you say that now, I just hear that plane. <laughs> Lightning tells Tattooed to go and join his family in shade as the justifiers catch up to them. Wanting to make his dad proud, Tattooed's son <laughs> shoots Lightning <laughs> just because it looks like they're fighting. Lightning shows Tattooed a symbol on his hand that will help everyone. He's then swarmed by the justifiers, who then turn him into one as well. As the tattooed man's escape in a shade helicopter, they say that his, he went off on his own to the Hall of Justice. <laughs> Elsewhere, Black Lightning burns the book he stops the tattooed man from burning, having turned to the anti-life. I vaguely recall Matthew Clark from his work on Superman in the late 90s, early noughties, I want to say. Uh, but I really like the art in this. I think it's really good. Uh, the two-page spread on page two and three of Black Lightning fleeing the hunger dogs down a deserted street is pretty damn cool. Yeah. Very good piece of art, that. Um, is this Black Lightning the same Black Lightning I read about in Batman and the Outsiders when I was a kid? Or yeah. is he a new Black Lightning? It's always the same Black Lightning. Right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Do you not think the art looks a bit cartoony and oftentimes? I don't mind cartoony art. But it looks fine. See, so take that... That double-page double page spread. Now turn over... And look at the hunger dogs, though. Yeah, well, you know, I don't mind that. Uh, there's an interesting racial subtext running through this issue. Did you not well, think? I, I thought it, it wasn't subtext. It was more of a, let's hit our readers with a plank. Well, text. yes, the subtext rapidly became text. Uh, the tattooed man is very dismissive of Black Lightning just because he's a superhero. And he's passed these prejudice onto his son who says he's just some dude like us. Over the course of the story, spoilers, Tattooed Man starts to see the error of his ways leading to his joining the Justice League in the next issue of Final Crisis. The Tattooed Man annoyed me all the way through this because of that subtext. (laughs) The the Black Lightning tells them not to burn books and then Tattooed Man shouts at him saying that Lightning thinks they're stupid and don't read. Now he overreacts to everything Black Lightning says and I just wanted to 
punch him? <laughs> oh, you think this of me, do you? You think that? No, I don't recall him saying that. So you didn't think that the racial subtext was particularly subtextual then? No, I thought mm-hmm. it was too out and obvious. Left. Yeah. Which is not what you expect from a Grant Morrison comic, is it? You normally expect obtuse <laughs> and hard to fathom. Uh, do you know that the Justifiers look like Cylons? Yeah. Have we not mentioned that before? We probably are. I'm expecting him to go, hoo, 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 hoo. Uh, It's quite poignant, which is another word I can never say. Poignant. 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 It's poignant. Miami. Poignant. Miami. Where are you from, Miami? It's poignant. Ah, that's poignant. Boys own. Um, it's quite... <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Um, Scotland last week. (laughs) Ireland this week. Oh, dear. Um, Page 11. Find out if your country's on the next episode of Hey Kids Comics. To enter our competition. (laughs) To enter our competition to have me do a terrible accent in your place of birth. Please email us. (laughs) Your discretion advised. You will not be blamed for if you were insulted. No, no, no. If you take my accent abilities the wrong way. Um, the book he, he saves on page 11 is the book that he, he burns on the last page, which is The Origin of the Species. Mm. Did you notice that? I did. That was a bit more subtle. Yes. Mm. The, uh, it, the book it was? The book that it is. Oh, that, right. was, that was a bit more subtle. I mentioned before, uh, last time's episode, go back and check it out because it was great, <laughs> uh, that I found the amount of swearing a bit distasteful in this series, simply because they have to bleep it, so there's no point. There's no point doing it if you have to bleep it all the time. It just gets irritating. But it's also inconsistent. Tattooed Man says bastard in this issue, but Green Arrow won't be allowed to say ass next issue. Yeah. Which just strikes me as a bit strange. Maybe the series couldn't and the Titans you could. Well, how does that make any sense? Because <laughs> no one's going to read the Titans. So especially when it's all collected in one volume like this, that yeah. makes no sense. At all. Uh, the action sequences are pretty good. In fact, I thought this was a really good action issue all round. Mm. There's a decent subtext to the story. Unlike you, I didn't feel like it was hitting me over the head with it. I mean, it, it wasn't subtle. But the action moves along at a good clip. There's decent characterisation and motivation for the characters and a complete story arc for the tattooed man. There's also quite a sad ending. Yeah. When Black Lightning is corrupted by the anti-life justifiers. He only showed up at the beginning of this issue as well. Yeah. That's what happens when you help people. Yes. Yes, the moral of this story, don't help <laughs> Don't be nice. Yeah, just be scum. Ignore those socialists. Yes, those people on fire, let them burn. <laughs> uh, next up is Final Crisis 4, which sported a cover by Jones of Darkseid fist-pumping himself with the Omega signs in his small hands and chest. <laughs> small hands. Oh, tiny. He's got tiny hands. Tiny, tiny hands for Darkseid. Um, the cover's the cover, I suppose. It's the nicest thing I can say about it. The Carlos Pacheco one's better. Well, the Carlos Pacheco Final Crisis variant cover mm-hmm. is of John Stewart saving Green Hour and Black Canary from Justifiers and Hunger Dogs. Mm. Uh, this issue was also collected in Superman Legends 27. Yes, indeed. Written by Morrison, the art shows were done by Jones, Carlos Pacheco, and Jesus Mourinho. Coloured by Alex Sinclair, lettered by Rob Lee, and edited by Adam Schlagman. Schlagman! And Eddie Baganza. Uh, this issue was titled Dark Side Says. The Ray, who's deli- who delivers newspapers, bounces off the Justice League satellite and into the Hall of Justice, where he has already sent the tattooed man, who tells him that Black Lightning sent them. The Ray tells Wally's kids that he heard that the original Flash evacuated a whole town in seconds, and that the Daily Planet is still printing due to a printing press in the Fortress of Solitude. 
In Command D, Turpin continues to fight off Darkseid, while the others bicker about who Darkseid will favour and Kalibak, now in the tiger person's body, eats the Green Lantern Opto. What are you laughing at then? Command D. Oh, not that! <laughs> Command D. It sounds just like... Commandy! <laughs> Who the thunk it? Yes, well, let's move on. <laughs> Back at the Hall of Justice, Tattooed Man updates everyone on Black Lightning. Oracle says that she shut down the internet, and that even though she only saw a fragment of the anti-life equation, she saw enough to know that it was the mathematical proof that Darkseid is the rightful master of everything in existence. The Ray gets in touch with Mr. Terrific in Watchtower 1 in Switzerland by using an abandoned system, the Unternet. Unternet? That ja. He, <laughs> that he was told about by an informer in Libra Society. Terrific patches Alan Scott to all, to all the other Watchtowers so he can give him a morale-boosting speech and plan a last-stand fight in Blue Haven. Captain Marvel convinces Black Adam to join them in the fight and checkmates show Rene Montoya around. Wally and Barry escape from the Furies by vibrating really, really fast. I am vibrating at the speed of light. And Barry explains that he's back due to an unknown force reverse-engineering him to life. The Furies realise this and target the Flashes, but being four steps ahead, the Flashes have set up a tripwires that take them out. Wonder Woman then throws a spear, but the Flashes are already long gone. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, the survivors are escaping. <laughs> Green Arrow says that he should stay behind to give the others more time to escape. Without any followers, the they escape without any followers. They escape as the Hunger Dogs and Justifiers break through. Green Arrow fends them off for a short amount of time before Black Lightning attacks him and is overcome by Justifiers who make him one of them. One of them. In Bloodhaven, Bloodhaven, yeah. Survivors fight off the heroes and villains. Who no, have been I prefer taken Internet, over. yeah, no. <laughs> Internet, yeah. Flag on a veil from the Internet, yeah. <laughs> who have been taken over by the Anti-Life <laughs> Equation until the Omega Offensive is ready. In Command D, Reverend Godfrey tells Darkseid to give a sign of thumbs up for the triumph of human spirit or thumbs down to summon a day of holocaust that will <laughs> never end but Turpin continues to fight off Darkseid. Please stop it, please. What does Command D sound like? Iris Allen taking over <laughs> Iris Allen, taken over by the equation, walks through streets filled with people being attacked by Justifies to her home, where she sits to watch the TV that's broadcasting the equation. Barry appears behind her, and with one kiss, frees her from the equation, and tells her that everything will be alright. At Watchtower 1 in Switzerland, the radar says that they've been incoming from nowhere. Appearing from nowhere is the super young team. Yay! Super young team, go! Miracle jumps up saying that he can save the world, but is quickly shot. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Elsewhere, Darkseid gives a thumbs down. <gasps> he's like in Gladiator, isn't he? He's like Russell Crowe. Only Gladiator. he wasn't. Was Russell Crowe the one who. No, you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Russell Crowe was the one who got his thumb turned down too, wasn't he? Uh, Maximus. Desiridius, <laughs> husband to a murdered wife, father to a murdered son, Maxis, and lots of I will have my revenge in this world or the next. Him. <laughs> uh, page five of this very issue. The Watchtower is a screensaver. 
of the old Justice League logo on the TV in the background. Yeah. I quite like that. I thought that was funny. Well, that and was I like they carried over as well. Is it? Did they still use that one? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. Um, I like that they still use the ray to deliver newspapers. Yeah, <laughs> that's an effective use Did of his powers. To? I don't know. To be honest, I've not read a lot of the ray. All I know about the ray is Joe Quesada used to draw it. Uh, page eight. Dan Turpin is fighting the anti-life equation. It is nice to see somebody other than Batman who has the willpower to do something like this. Well, Darkseid says in a later issue that if he chose Batman, he would have resisted too long. Yes, so he does actually give a reason for why he picked who he picked, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, page nine, we almost get a David Bowie reference. Almost? Almost. I fought monsters, gangsters and super creeps. Not scurry monsters and super creeps. Uh, so oh, almost a David Bowie reference. Maybe he did that... that purposefully possibly the tattooed man changes here to show the symbol black lightning showed him now last episode I mentioned the theory that Turpin was Darkseid and Anthro was Metron right Mm -hmm. but my theory is that the tattooed man is Metron issue one is the first time we see Metron as silver and naked and this is the issue the tattooed man looks just like him the designs are exactly the same Mm -hmm. but however I read a later issue and then was proven wrong and that was disproven was it yeah it was a good theory Mm. as theories go it was quite good page 17 I really like Barry Allen here I like his dialogue an unknown force reverse engineered me to life out of a blizzard of faster than light particles which is a fantastic line. Yeah. It makes about as much sense as Britain's Got Talent being judged by David Hasselhoff. But makes Britain's about, Got Talent. Makes about as much sense as, as any talent show being judged by David Hasselhoff, was I suppose. Britain's Got Talent judged by Hasselhoff? Yeah, David Hasselhoff was on it. I'm David Hasselhoff. Who are you? I'm not British. Yeah. I'm going to get replaced by Penis Morgan. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, Flash Facts was also pretty amusing. Yeah. Um, page 20. I have quite the soft spot for Green Arrow, ever since I read the first issue of Mike W. Barr's miniseries from about 1984, and followed that with Longbow Hunters and Kevin Smith's run. He has his detractors, some of which claim he's nothing but an ersatz Batman, which is valid from his early appearances with the Arrow Cave and the Arrow Car and all that stuff. But I came in after that stuff, uh, and his shtick appeals to me. I like that he's a comic book hero with the very definitive political viewpoint even if I don't always agree with that viewpoint and arrows are pretty nasty yeah. imagine getting an arrow through the head <laughs> that'd, that'd be so uh, the scene here on this page where he essentially sacrifices himself to save the others he's very wrath of calm but it works and that last panel on that page is a very nice homage to Neil Adams Yeah, where it almost looks like he's just copied one of Neil Adams' old faces uh, page 25 I'm not particularly political. I think they're all scum. But it's quite easy to see the symbolism on this page and the dialogue in the first three panels being a very pointed satire on the current economic climate and the government's current ideas that we should A, be prepared to take pay cuts if we want to keep our jobs, or B, even better, be made redundant and then still go to work as volunteers. So I don't know if Morrison was going for some kind of political subtext here, because I don't know what Morrison's politics are. Yeah. But He doesn't like Thatcher. He's Scottish. <laughs> I think it, I think it's in the constitution that they not like Margaret. They Thatcher. may take our milk. <laughs> they may never take our freedom. Yeah, so that's fair enough. I don't think anybody likes Margaret Thatcher, do they? Um, Thatcher. Well, possibly. Uh, page twenty-five. 
The softer side of really likes that the Flash brings Iris out of her anti-life stupor with a kiss. Mm. Do you think he'd go around kissing everybody now? Yeah. That would work. It might have done. Mm. It's also the one that makes her young again now she's in contact with the Speed Force. Oh, right. Yeah, because you mentioned that last time, didn't you? Yeah. That she's gone, she's aged mm. because she's not in touch with the uh, the Speed Force anymore. Um, when the super young team reach Watchtower 1, it seems that Boss Darkseid isn't the only one who's had a skin change. Sheila Norman here is a white guy. Now, I know you're looking at your trading right now wondering what I'm on about. Yeah, I'm looking at my trade now going, no, no, dude. Well, in the issues, yes. his skin colour was changed to white, but it's been fixed for the trade. Good, because that would have been confusing. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Um, I thought this was quite possibly the best issue so far. Yeah. I really liked it. It's a really the epitome of it's always darkest just before it goes completely black. Uh, Batman and Superman are MIA, Wonder Woman is a female fury and the JL are on the run. It's raining blood, which they never did a song about, yeah. oddly. Uh, and to cap it all off, Dan Turpin finally succumbs to Darkseid's will, but amidst all the gloom, the Flash. Still out there, still fighting the good fight. Um, here is where Batman 682 and 683 by Morrison and Lee Garbett take place. Not in the trade, even though I think no. it wasn't. Well, yes, I think that was a gross oversight that they're not in here. Yeah. I think this is... A, it's not... It isn't integral to the story, but it's very helpful to the story. It's integral to the rest of the DC, really. Yeah, more to what was going on in Batman's books than anything. But they could have included it in here. It wouldn't have fattened the book out that much. Not that Especially seeing as I won it on eBay for less than a fiver. Yeah. Uh, Macari and Simeon keep Batman in his own mind by having the lump make him re- relive his career and his life had he not become Batman, whilst they take his memories and place them in Batman zombie clones. Batman then turns his memories into a weapon and uses the uh, lump to escape and destroy the clones while Macari and Simeon flee. That's about it. Yeah, that's a very condensed version, but we have covered that yeah. in more depth before. The first issue and a half yeah. is just him reliving his career. Uh, the reprinted in Batman Legends 31 along with the first last half of Superman Beyond and has a cover date of August, September 2009 and has the Alex Ross cover of Batman 683. For more information on this, uh, these two issues, we covered them in full on our second ever episode. Yes, we did. Which is now a rarity with it not being with on. It not actually being on the feed anymore. Yeah. We need to talk to Scott about sorting that out. The Hey Kids Comics Archives. Yes. Scott said he will help us with that. Yeah. Our friend Scott. Scott Allison. Hello, Scott. In case you're listening. Hello. <laughs> I don't think he does. Then, next, is uh, the Secret Files issue, which isn't important, but the main story pretty much covers the origin of Libra yeah, by Len Wein and Tony Chastain. Okay. Uh, his mother died and he had an abusive father until he killed him. He wanted to be an astronomer, became a failed supervillain called Libra. Was almost de- almost defeated the Justice League with the Injustice League, but after he gained all the powers, it was too much for him, and he-, he went off claiming that he'd be a god. And all the time, he was watched by glorious Godfrey, and he was then lifted to Apocalypse and taken by Deicide to be tortured. But is stopped by Darkseid. Darkseid then tells Godfrey th- tells him that Godfrey's been watching over him, and he he acts as a bridge between Earth and Apocalypse without a boom tube, and that as long as he serves Darkseid, he'll help him with his plan. He then enters the boom tube and leaves outside the bank where the human flame is escaping hot girl and arsenal. Back from issue one. The Justice League 21. Right. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Now back onto the main story. Because I haven't read that, so I have nothing to say. Final Crisis 5 by Morrison, Jones, Carlos Pacheco, Marco Rudy and Jesus Mourinho, Alex Sinclair, Travis Lanham, Adam Schlagman and Eddie Beganza is titled Into Oblivion. 
and uh, the covers of Wonder Woman with a sword and shield in battle position. Uh, if you're going to do an iconic poster cover instead of, you know, a gripping one that actually gives you some idea of the content of the story, then I suppose this is the way to do it. Wonder Woman looks pretty good here. The light blue eyes give her a look of Linda Carter without being a slavish photo reference, and she has the look of Scarlett Johansson around the mouth. I mean, I have no problem with these as pieces of art. I just think they're very boring covers for a major crossover. Yeah. But, you know. The Carlos Pacheco cover has Murray Marvel pulling Supergirl's hair. Yeah. Bitch fight! <laughs> Um, slut, it's, it's, whore, slut, yeah, whore. You know, it's, it's alright, I suppose. Um, it's also collected in Superman Legends 27. On. Oh! Hal Jordan is under trial for deicide, accused by Kraken. Guy Gardner and Calvary in a show up and say that the scar on Hal's head is hiding an implant that is stopping Hal from remembering where he was when Jon Stewart was attacked. They also say that Kraken is hosting one of the new gods. Kraken reaches the power battery and doesn't bother hiding that she's hosting the new god, and she kills a guardian and almost takes the power battery before Jordan takes her out. He is rewarded with clear with clear charges, his power ring, and 24 hours to save the universe. Checkmate also show uh, Montoya around and tell that they want to be part of the plan they have if superheroes should fail. As Darkseid's servants bow before him, the Furies return to base, only to be sent back out into Adventures of Batman Legends 2032 on sale the 24th of September. Oh, so the British ones cut them in half again? Mm, not even half, it was near the beginning. Was What's the point. the point of that? To save room. <laughs> See, they're all 100, -ish, 100 pages each, right? Right. So surely you want to cram them as full as you possibly can? Oh, no, you think they do a better job of where to actually end them. Well, anyway, okay, whatever. Back at Watchtower 1, Alan Scott is almost taken over by Super Justifiers, but is quickly saved by Hawkman. Back inside, the man who shot Shiloh Norman says that it was an accident. Watch the super young team fight back to the Watchtower guards. Super young team. Mr. Miracle calms everyone down and asks how they got there. Sonny Sumo tells them about the mother box and Shiloh gets back up and says that it was the boom tube. When Sumo says he was telling the truth about the life equation, Shiloh says he was just wearing a bulletproof vest. A guard says that the shield has 15 minutes left and somehow the Swiss border just got closer to them. Norman says that the War of Gods broke time and space, and Darkseid's falling back through time and is dragging everything with him. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Doom... Which is now apparently in Blue Haven. Yeah. Calibac leads the Tiger Men to where the heroes <laughs> are gathered for their final stand. Tiger Men. Mary Marvel flies for Supergirl, but Black Adam intercepts her. He almost kills her before Captain Marvel shows up, stops him, and she almost kills him. Tony shows up with a quantum blunderbuss to stop uh, stop her, but Calabac <laughs> shows up and he almost kills him. I love the quantum blunderbuss. Elsewhere, in a prison cell for people the anti-life equation doesn't affect, Nick's Uwotan is thrown in to meet two others. One man, hooded and sat into a corner, says that there is a magical minimum, minimum, minimum number of goes it takes to solve a Rubik's Cube, called the number of God, and is 17. One less than recorded number of turns. The man picks up some of Uotan's drawings that flew on the floor when he was thrown in. The man says to him that if the things he's drawn can't save them, then think of something that can, and then make it real. He then thinks of Weijadel, but someone who looks like Makari but isn't Makari, and two justifies show up to take them. But the other guy solves the Rubik's Cube in 17 turns, and a fake Makari and the justifiers die in an explosion of blue fire. 
Libra begins to execute the calculator for giving the heroes the internet. However, he suspects that it was Luthor, but tells him he wants him to be with a rear guard of the Blue Haven Bridge. Back in Blue Haven, Supergirl and John Stewart try to get into Command D. Command D. Inside, Darkseid's followers all fall what and die. Supergirl like? flies off and is hit by Mary Marvel. As John Stewart is attacked by Justifies, the rest of the Green Lanterns freefall through the multiverse down into Singularity. <laughs> I'm not listening. <laughs> Mr. Time tells the President that the Justifiers have gotten through to his bunker. John Stewart's power ring dies and he's surrounded by Justifiers. He's all out of battery power. Darkseid speaks out to everyone who's possessed by the anti-life, whilst in the cell for those who are not. The Makari look-alike and the two Justifiers have been freed from the anti-life as Nix Uoten has become a monitor again. Command D. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Don't worry. Uh, page one of this year comic book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hal John was Parallax. When? I must confess to getting a bit bored of... The joke. Oh, no, I'd never get bored of that joke. It's a great joke. <laughs> I must, I'm must. i getting a bit bored of No Lantern Escapes the Alpha Lanterns. Oh, right. But, uh, and you're not getting bored of Anti-Life is All. Oh, no, I don't mind that. Because okay. that's that's the chant, isn't it? That's the yeah. the slogan. I don't mind that. Uh, pages two through five are actually a really good fight scene. I liked how discovered Granny Goodness doesn't even bother to pretend anymore, does she? She doesn't go, "Ah, oh, you are talking out of your rings." Um, <laughs> she's close to a goal here: the possession of the power battery. And at this point, she just doesn't care. Who knows? She whips through the guardians handily until Hal manages to take her out. Then there's what would be the swelling music scene of the lanterns. Hal Jordan, Kyle Rayner, and Guy Gardner have been given only 24 hours to save the Earth. Exciting stuff. Mm. I thought that was a reference to Flash Gordon. I love you, but we only have 24 hours to save the Earth. It might be. Bash! Hal Jordan, I have something to tell you before I go. Uh, what is it, Ganthus? Well, <laughs> I love <see>. you. <laughs> I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I always think of the Flash Legacies podcast now when I hear that one. Okay. Because he uses it in his trailer. Oh, right. Does Dave. Uh, page seven. I can't see how anyone who lives in the DC universe can say something like, I don't do science fiction. Yeah. That's a bit... It's always like when, when Superman and Batman used to come up against vampires and say something like, oh, vampires don't exist. <laughs> oh, right, okay, so Kryptonians exist. Green Lantern rings exist. But vampires don't. Oh, no. No, no. no. We draw the line at vampires. Mm, fair enough. All, all the glitter that sparkles off them in daylight, it, it, it blinds them all. Mm, let's see. Fair enough. Uh, I did like the Omax on the bottom of that page. Yeah. That was a nice little subtle well, Kirby homage. The Omaks are all of the buddy blank variety and not the blue naked people we've seen previously. Yes, they all look like buddy and blank Omaks. they're all packed like that woman toy thing. Like the woman in the very first issue of Omak. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I like that a lot. I'm really enjoying Omak. I'm really I've enjoying got two both issues I'm really... I like the art as well. I hate to be saying... It's a, see, what, what is that? 2012 really is the end of the world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You're liking a Jack Kirby comic, and I'm liking a Grant Morrison comic. What the hell's going <laughs> on here? Who are these two, and what have they done with Andrew and Michael? What if Andrew and Michael <coughs> are actually kept in... In, in an OMAC box. In, yeah. <laughs> or, or we're in Command D, one of those contractions Batman's in. Command D. 
La 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 la. Where oh, your just plastic read. pal who's fun to be with. I was just going to read one of my notes. Uh, it's my notes. Yes, page five. You time it, don't you? I do, yes. We get into something that's kind of bothered me for a while, particularly in DC Comics. Although Marvel's guilty of this as well. The rape? It's not just the swearing of the rape. <laughs> I mean, the list is pretty endless. Uh, uh, this particular one that bugs me. Yes. This particular one that bugs me. Uh, the clandestine government agency tasked with bringing down superheroes. Yeah. Is this not become a very overplayed cliche in the past few years? And I dislike it simply because it never pays off. Yeah. They're always played as being a step ahead, even when they're brought down. Like General Lane in World of New Krypton. Yeah. And there's always just somebody to take their place. And it's, it's I, I blame Maxwell Lord. Boring. Yeah, well, I blame the person who made Maxwell Lord that. I blame Judd Winnick. Yeah, alright, I'll blame Judd Winnick just for the hell of it. Page 10 is a really good little action beat that we just don't see enough of. Yeah. I, I really like Hawkman beating the crap out of people with his mace. <laughs> Pretty damn good. I mean, I'm not, I don't know much about Hawkman. I was going to say I'm not a big Hawkman fan, but I've never read enough to say yeah. that I'm not a oh, Hawkman fan. And there's Bullet here. Yeah, but that, that panel of him just whacking the people who've, who've been turned into justifiers is fantastic. The art in this is really good. Yeah. And it's not irritating that they keep changing artists. Because they're all similar. Yeah. But um, go on. Bulletier was in Seven Soldiers. Oh, was it? Well, there's a lot of Seven Soldiers allusions in this. And page 11. I adore most excellent Superbats line in panel one. <laughs> you have thoughtlessly gunned down a global megastar. How would you explain yourself to this man's fans? And we just lost the Japanese listeners. That again. wasn't an impression of a Japanese person. That was just a generic accent. It sounded like it. Did it? On on one of the the, the like Saturday morning cartoons. I didn't intend it to. Uh, that was that was accidental. <laughs> Next so, up is Dr. Right. Bozzi. I hope you enjoyed Gundam Wing. So maybe that's the key then. If I don't actually try to do the accent, yeah, yeah. maybe I'll pull it off. It might work. It might do. Well, did you know that, like the new guys hiding in human bodies, the super young team are the forever people? Are they? Yeah. I did not know that. Where is that pointed out? Or well, is this is this in an interview no, that I've not read? Well, I, I did find out on the internet, but then when I was doing the notes mm. for the last issue today, Nick Suoten says, and the forever people of New Genesis, come here! And then the, the, the super young team show up. Oh, right. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Also, uh, a week too late, I found out that the uh, writing in the Dark Side Club, you know, the one that says no evil, yeah. was uh, the new version of the Source Wall. See, this is what happens when I don't read the Fourth Wall stuff before the show. Well, last week you made that joke that you should read this and you should read that, and it'll probably help if you read every comic DC's ever and that published. I'm not. And now it's not turned out to be a joke. <laughs> Page 16 through 19, action! The art in these four pages is really clear and dynamic, very well done by whoever the hell's the art team at this point. The point of view of Murray Marvel plummeting down after Supergirl at the top of that page, it's panel one, is is very well done, really manages to accomplish the feeling of speed and flight. It reminded me of the opening of the Moonraker, the James Bond film where Bond is thrown out of the aeroplane without a parachute. And yeah. some of the camera angles actually seem very... Does he very... Keanu Reeves? Whoa! It no, it catches up to someone else. James Bond's much cooler than Keanu Reeves. Even when he's Roger Moore. <laughs> really? Yes. Even Roger Moore. I suppose Roger Moore can act. To an extent. To an extent. I was going to say that. Ooh, right. More I don't of, know if I that More of an extent than Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I do love the moment where Black Adam comes round the back of the clouds... 
yeah. and attacks Murray. Again, evocative of the Wrath of Khan, where the Enterprise comes out of the Mutara Nebula to attack Reliant. Fantastic, that scene. I really love that page. Yeah. I like that a great deal. Page 21. Gotta love the talking tiger. Well. Uh, I, again, I don't really know an awful lot about Captain Marvel Shazam. I mean, I've, I've read him on occasion, so I didn't know who Tawny the Tiger was, but I, do, I like him. Hey, I really think, do. I thought they were um, from, like, Commander. Are they? The, the tiger See, I haven't people. read any Command D. Command D. The Command Tiger D. people are from Command Command D. Command Command D. Oh, do you know? You're having too much fun. I'd never spotted that. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, I have. <laughs> You didn't spot that. I haven't read Commander. No, I've not read any Commander. And but after Omak, I'm tempted to. Think about it. It's not one of those things you, you kind of <laughs> I just get love to you. say it out loud. You're just doing his notes for this. And he went Command D, and he stopped. Command D. It's like a bolt of just a bolt of inspiration that just hit you. <laughs> I you know, I'm reading it and it's Command D and then Command D. Yeah. So, so, you know. Okay, fair enough. Uh, page 25 was, I thought, very interesting. Is the implication here that Luther got round calculator's calculations? <laughs> because he does actually say it would take a savant to get around your encryption's calculator, which is why Libra thinks its calculator has betrayed them. Yeah. But then, the glance on page 3 indicates that Libra thinks that Luther's responsible. Yeah. So why is he tolerating it? D- dunno. And why is Luther broken up about Calculator's death? Even if Luther is responsible, sure he wouldn't give a rat's ass if somebody else was taking the fall, would he? Better them than him. Yeah. But it's an interesting scene for more for what it doesn't say than what it does say. I just didn't think it made any sense. Uh, panel five, though, of that scene... The final panel remark, I thought that was a bit distasteful. Yeah. Implying that they fully intend to rape Supergirl when they get the chance. What is it with DC and rape? The line is, if you show willing, I might even let you be first in line with Supergirl. And it's like, really? We're talking about gangbanging Supergirl? (laughs) Really? Maybe everyone at DC thinks that rape equals dark and realistic. (sighs) But uh, in an interview with him, he's, when he's dissing on Alan Moore, he's like, oh, and every Alan Moore story always mentions rape, and I've never done it. Mm. Until now. Until now. Uh, does Frankenstein only ever talk in quotes? Sort of. Because he only seems to in this. He, he only does in this, but he speaks properly in Seven Soldiers, with the exception of minor quotes. Mm. And he does speak properly in his current ongoing. All right, okay. Uh, again, more bleakness. This time tempered with hope. The heroes continue to win a few skirmishes, but Darkseid's winning the war. Some great ideas in here, and the Green Lantern comes across exceptionally well in the final battle, as does Supergirl. I don't quite understand what had happened to Nick Sawarton in the final panel when I was reading it the first time, but I figured that that would be explained subsequently. Was it? Uh, yeah, I think I kind of got what happened. I kind of got what happened. I still don't know what happened to the other two dudes. Well, they were just there. No, those are the guys who are going to take them away. You see oh, them? right, the guy with the Rubik's Cube, yeah. you mean? Yeah, you see in the next issue, Metron shows up talking to Nick Sawoten, and you're like, so the guy with the Rubik's Cube was Metron then? Yeah, I think so. Right. Maybe I didn't understand it. So was the other <laughs> dude then? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, go on, carry on. Yep. 
In the 31st century, Superman and the Legion of Superheroes revive Kid Flash, Burt Allen and Connor Kent and defeat Superboy Prime by also reviving Earth Prime and leaving him there where he's feared by everyone due to comics being the same as ours. So in other words, he was just dumped in our world. Now, okay. ignore the rest of the ending to Legion of Three Worlds so that the followings make sense. Okay. Because in Legion of Three Worlds he goes back to the present day and everyone's, oh wow, there's no doom and gloom and we're happy. But wasn't Legion of Three Worlds really just a, an epilogue to Infinite Crisis? Doesn't really have anything to do with this. Not Very really. pretty art, though. Yeah. I thought. Uh, next up is Final Crisis 6 by Morrison, Jones, Pacheco, Mike Rudy, Alami, Mourinho, Rob Clark Jr. and Alex Sinclair. And Pete Pantazis. And what? <laughs> Pantazis. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's called How to Murder the Earth. Which is a good title. It has a cover by Jones of Batman Against the Black Wall, and the Final Crisis variant cover is by Pachiko and is of Darkseid stood over Superman's lifeless body. It is yet another variant by Mank, and is a penciled version of the final page. Oh, right. It was collected in Batman Legends 32, which had the Batman cover of this issue, and a cover date of October, November 2009. It's Batman's turn to stand on the cover and look moody, I suppose. Uh, the alternative cover of Darkseid standing on Superman's prone body is much better. But I really wish they'd ditch this really irritating thing of only having the art stripped down the middle. It's so they could have final... final I know why they're doing it, right. but it's crap. So I wish they'd stop. Maybe it's like the inverted version of widescreen. <laughs> Narrow screen. Condensed screen. Yeah, fair enough. In the 31st century, Brainiac 5 leads Superman into a big hall whilst time falls around them. He tells him that what he's about to show him is a machine that turns thoughts into things and is a god weapon. Superman begins to fade away, and as he does, Brainiac tells him to look at a machine and memorise it. Then, he's gone. Up in the JLA satellite, back in the present day, Black Canary makes the tattooed man an honorary league member and says that, says that they need to get the ray to get him down to the earth with his circuit. Then, the two ships full of justifiers fly at them. Back in Blue Haven, Supergirl and Murray Marvel continue to fight. Black Adam gets up, but gets kicked back down again. I get back up, but and I go down again. again. You ain't never gonna I'm, keep me down. I'm never gonna get back up, because I'm... I get knocked down, <laughs> but I get up again. You ain't ever gonna keep me down. Put you in the face again. I get knocked <laughs> out, but I get up again. Then Captain Marvel gets up, saying he knows a way to, that he can bring Murray back, but it may take the last of his power. Meanwhile, Kalabak stands above a beaten Talker before he jumps up and bites Kalabak, but he then just beats Talky up a lot more. Talky Supergirl then gets attacked by a crowd of people under the influence of Darkseid. Captain Marvel flies up Murray and grabs her before saying Shazam. He flies up Murray. He flies at Murray. Oh, I was going to say that's a poor choice of words. <laughs> and grabs her before saying Shazam in hopes that the magic lightning will turn them both back. Beaten to a pulp, Talkie lies on the floor in a puddle of his own blood, with Kalabak standing over him. Talkie jumps up and guts Kalabak. Meanwhile, Freddy Freeman comforts Murray. As the heroes secure the bridge, a second wave of super, super justifiers show up. Talkie, surrounded by tiger people, tells them that he got his strength from legendary tiger tea, and tells <laughs> them to do their worst, and closes his eyes. But when he opens them, the tiger people are on their knees. Tiger tea. That, yeah. Like tiger cream. Okay. Mix it stronger. Yeah. 
at Watchtower 1, Sheila Norman tells Mr. Miracle that before the crisis started, a letter from the alphabet of the new gods showed up everywhere at the same time, and that it stands for freedom from restriction, and protects them from anti-life. Mr. Miracle says that the day for Checkmate's endgame, if the heroes failed, has come. Shiloh Norman talks to Sonny Sumo and says that Motherbox has told him that he's not the real Sonny Zo- Sumo and that he's from a lateral universe. Sonny says that the real Sonny Sumo died happily in a feudal Japan, whereas he stumbled through a hole from his life and into the real Sonny's life. The Super Young team then have a I love her, oh but I love him moment and Superbat says that he's so rich that he can do anything. Back on the satellite, the justifies of everyone at bay. Before turning Tattooed Man and Black Canary into justifiers, Tattooed Man Freedom from Restriction symbol pops up of the Oliver fight and the, with the justifiers and they save Green Arrow and Black Lightning from the anti-life. As Rene Montoya walks through Checkmate with a man that with a funny name, they pass two... Is it Captain Atoms? Yes. Right. Two Captain Atoms who are preparing to send bulks through the multiverse. Satana and other mystics who are trying to contact the Spectre. Psychics were attempting to get the anti-life equation from the people and the failed autopsy of Overgirl. They then reach Lord Eye, who tells Rene that they want her to assemble a group of heroes from the multiverse. At the hanging of the calculator, Savannah says that Libra is keeping the hanged people alive and that they justify his helmet to Mad Hatter's design and he's created a short-range jammer. Lex says that he's been able to power up his warsuit in order for the Battle of Bloodhaven. And when Libra confronts him about telling the heroes about the internet, Savannah jams the Justifier's helmet and Luthor kills Libra with his souped-up warsuit and they release Calculator. At Barry's house, the three Flashes prepare to enter the time stream once again. They're planning on using the Black Racer to kill Darkseid, Entity, and as it reaches them, they set off. Darkseid, however, is sat on his throne telling Batman to stop skulking and come out of the shadows. When he does, he's holding the gun Darkseid used to kill Orion, loaded with the radion bullet he pocketed after inspecting it. As he shoots, Darkseid fires Omega Beams, but the bullet hits Darkseid first. See that, George? After celebrating a small but important victory, the Omega Very Beams good. hit him, seemingly killing him. As Jimmy Olsen calls the Superman watch, Nick Sivoten tops the real Metron, the guy with the Rubik Cube, not the tattooed man. The Green Lanterns carry on free-falling and the two Hawks join together once again. Superman flies down, blows the hell out of everything, smashes into Commando, and as the world ends around them, he stands holding Batman's burning corpse. Oh, man. Page one of this illustrious issue. (laughs) Illustrious. Illustrious. Well, notable, I suppose. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, Brainiac 5 having to place his feet on the correct tiles reminded me of the five doctors for some reason I can't remember that bit which bit and the first doctor has to cross the path and he has to step on a, a certain uh, combination of codes yeah and it looks like tiles like that uh, the justifiers on page 5 have not only mastered space flight but the other tie fighter justifier yes <laughs> very good uh, it's explained that Murray Marvel is actually Dissard, Darkseid's sycophantic follower in possession of her body, in the same way Granny Goodness was in possession of Kraken, and Darkseid is now Dan Turpin. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Talky Tony Calibac battle is actually really ruthless. Yeah. Tony takes down Calibac thanks to the tiger tea he drank, which is so funny. Uh, and Calibac's followers swore fealty to him. And now that he's defeated Calibat, which I thought was really good. And Captain Marvel says Murray from Dissard's possession. It doesn't explain why everyone stops attacking them, though. Are they still under Darkseid's sway or not? Yeah, they are. So why did they not just swarm in and attack? 
Maybe thought, ah, tiger people. Uh, I just saw that fight. Best not. Yo, yeah, I'll stay out of this one. <laughs> I think uh, I'll let you two fight it out. I'll just be over here catching some rays. Okay, you just get in touch when it's all done and dusted. All right, I'll be your agent. We'll do lunch. Okay. Uh, page sixteen, seventeen. Where did this Spider-Man esque "I love her, but she loves someone else" thing come from? Did you not think that the super young team were kind of written to be over exaggerated? Yes, like that, though? but it just came from nowhere. I love her. I love him, but I can never tell her. I can't tell her either. I'm rich. <laughs> it's just like what? Okay. Page eighteen, nineteen. Black curry. Des- Black curry. Black canary desperately tries to get a green arrow away from the anti-life equation, which I thought was really good. Yeah. Where she's basically just slapping him around and saying, "Snap out of it." Uh, page twenty. The last panel. All the girls' autopsy's not going too well. Look right. at all those knackered instruments yeah. around. Well, they look like they've tried to sew her open and failed miserably. Page 21, is Lord I any relation to Brother I? Well, he is Brother I. Oh, right, I see. Mm. Are they building Brother I here, then? No, they're not building him in uh, that tie-in. Resist. <laughs> that tie-in? Which one? Because in Infinite Crisis he went all evil and turned the Omax against everyone. In Resist, they bring him back to help them and he promises not to kill anyone. Right. And so he's working with Checkmate, and he also wants uh, Renan Montoya to be the head of a global peacekeeping force, so that he can take Checkmate and the people uh, enslaved in Command D with him to start new life on Earth 51. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, page 22, 23 are really fun. While I'm watching somebody get hanged, yeah. can be considered fun. Um, whilst I'll be honest, I prefer ruthless Lex Luthor. I really don't think Lex would care enough about the calculator to c- cut him down. Like he does here, but his turning on his turning of the tables on Libra is immensely satisfying. Mm. Uh, I'll give Luther a pass here because although Luther wants to subjugate the world, or at least own Metropolis or Australia, uh, depending on which version of Luther you're familiar with, he's probably not down with being a slave to Darkseid, no. as we saw in Action Comics Annual 13. So there's a very definite "the enemy of my enemy is my friend" vibe here. See Viana's line about this is a classic, this isn't the last we've seen of him line when Luther just blasts Libra apart is really funny. Yeah. Because Libra was taken down far too easily, wasn't he? He was. In one panel, Luther just blows him away. Well, he was only in this because he was taken out far too easily in his only other appearance. Oh, right, so maybe he's just doomed to be taken out easily. Page 24, more times with Morrison's own DC verse with a reference to the Black Flash story arc. That he wrote with Mark Miller when he was doing the Flash. Black Flash also returns in uh, Flash Rebirth. Does he? Is Barry Allen? All oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, page twenty-six. We haven't seen Batman in this story oh. since he was captured back in issue two. So to find out how Batman escaped from Simeon and Macari, you have to go and read the two Morrison penned issues of Batman. That I that, yeah really should have been part of the trade. I've changed my mind. Yeah. They're ever so slightly important because otherwise Batman just appears from nowhere, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. Which you know. Page twenty-seven. Despite you mention it in the synopsis for issue one, because you already knew the outcome of the story, yeah. it's only here we actually find out that a radium bullet is harmful to gods. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've been given all the pieces throughout the story to work it out, but here we get to figure out what Batman figured out back in issue two. Yeah. So it's it's not spelled out for you. You kind of are pushing, pulling all the pieces together yourself. So when you get to this point in the story, you go, oh, right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Batman shoots Darkseid with the radium bullet just before getting caught in Darkseid's Omega Beams. He's dead, Jim. It's 
worse than that. There'll be a special edition where uh, Darkseid shoots first. Oh! <laughs> and then Grant Morrison will come out and say that only Darkseid shot. Yes, yes, I'm sure he did. Uh, page 32, this is Superman. Yeah. This is why you don't want to annoy the Man of Steel. Superman shows up and in two pages he wipes out an entire attacking force before showing up with Batman's dead body. But he's, he's pretty damn cool in those two pages, isn't he? Mm, I do like that panel though. Where he's flying in one way but shooting at another. With his, his heat vision. Mm. He's not a, a happy bunny, is he? No. And at the end of this, we just get the, the, the despair is just ramped up. Yes, the heroes score a victory at the bridge, and Batman takes up Darkseid at the cost of his own life, but the skies are still red, and all still looks last. This was another good issue. I really quite enjoyed this. Yeah. My main complaint is, once again, a very important part of the story is not in the trade paperback. Final Crisis should have been 12 issues long, and included in the main body of this storyline, Superman Beyond 1 and 2, and Submit, and the two-part Batman story. Because they are pretty important, yeah. overall. Uh, the TP includes Submit and Superman Beyond, but not the Batman issues. No. That just seems really sad. I don't understand why they didn't include the Batman issues. Do you know why they didn't include the Batman issues? Because no. it doesn't make sense to not include them. I, just, I don't get that. I don't understand that at all. Maybe they thought... Price that. point. Well, it's Final Crisis is retold from Batman's point of view in... Um, issues 701 and 702 which is considered the Batman R.I.P. missing chapter it kind of touches upon it by skipping out some of the reliving his career parts mm. and it's collected in the time in the Batman graphic novel so maybe that's why <sighs> I still resent having to buy a time in the Batman graphic novel to understand what happened to Batman in this story well, it's got Batman 700 in it as well which I think is really really good have I read Batman 700? Um, yeah. I got Batman 7 you do, yeah. well, I must have read it ok anyway carry on uh, this issue is when Doug Mank takes on Nacho's full time as of page 30 by now Jones was really far behind and has said that any problems completing the series are my own I love Doug Mank's art and he would have been a pro- and he would have probably been a better choice to draw this series in the first place now the art doesn't suck but it is really jarring at least it's not in the middle of a scene though um, yeah, of all the artists that they picked, Doug Mank is the one who has the most individual art style. I do think they could have saved his art to do the entire last issue. Yeah, maybe. Instead of the last two pages of this. Yeah, possibly. I mean, he must have been really up against it to just come in and draw a couple of pages at the end, wasn't mm. he? Uh, Final Crisis 7, New Heaven, New Earth, was written by Morrison, penciled by Mank, inked by... Tom Guyon, Drew Garacci, Christian Alamy, Norm Ratman, Rodney Ramos, Doug Mank and Walden Wong. It was lettered by Travis Lanham and coloured by Alex Sinclair, Tony Avina and Pete Pantazis. Pantazis. Yes. The Jones cover is of Superman flying against a red background and the final crisis variance is by Marco Rudy and is of various people's faces crumbling on Earth. Mm. It was collected in Batman Legends 32 and Superman Legends 28, which had the Superman cover for this issue, a cover date of November-December 2009, and was collected with Action Comics 866 and 877, the first two parts of the Brainiac story. Um, Superman's turn to have a cover shot. <laughs> what more do you want me to say? In the world reminiscent of Earth Day, the President of the United States of America walks down a corridor of the White House where his aides tell him that the latest disturbances have been traced but to graviton impacts according to the Justice League. 
In the Oval Office behind locked doors, the President tells Brainiac Vathlo Prime to cover for him for an hour whilst he attends to his other job as Superman. He meets up with Nubia, the Black Wonder Woman, who is playing music with Amazon's only anti-war technology, the Wonder Horn. So Wonder Woman's playing on her horn. <laughs> that should be only used once when all else has failed. The Ultima Thule shows up with Rene Montoya, Captain Marvel, and every Superman they've picked up from the multiverse. Superman stands inside the destroyed Command D, holding Batman's dead corpse and faces Darkseid, who is injured from the radion bullet that Batman shot at him. He places the corpse on the floor and grabs Darkseid by the neck, but is surprised when he sees Turpin's DNA. Darkseid says that Batman would have resisted for too long, whereas Turpin struggled just enough to nurture Darkseid before his surrender. And then he throws Superman into the crowd of people who are taken over by the anti-life and try to kill him. Darkseid, now that all time has become one, the Rhydnut can no longer see him, prepares to shoot him with the bullet that he knows will end up in him anyway, and as he does, the flashes run through Superman and Darkseid, followed by the bullet that flies through Superman and hits Darkseid along with the Omega Sanction that has somehow been following the flashes. The Black Racer comes to Darkseid and kills him, leaving behind a broken and scarred Dan Turpin. As soon as Darkseid is killed, Arthur Curry returns, fulfilling the prophecy of returning in the time of his people's greatest need. Black Canary, Green Owl, and everyone else in the satellite float out into space and see the FREEDOM FROM RESTRICTIONS symbol on the Earth of the rain the tattooed man have burned into the ground that frees everyone from the grasp of the anti-life equation and then are saved before dying. Checkmate, with the Black Gambit currently failing, has Omax fighting Justifies whilst all the heroes focus on the inter-brain escape tunnel between Earths that is collapsing and if it does, all the heroes inside will die, including the two Captain Atoms who are placing a nano-beacon Lord Eye goes into a breakdown and closes down the tunnel, leaving the two Hawks and Sonic Lightning Flash and Mr. Miracle to clear everyone out, but are eventually killed in the collapse. On the Ultima Thule, Rene tells Overman about his cousin, and we see him crying over her dead body. Superman stands over Turpin and the Furies stand above him, with Lexivan and the brainwashed Superfires stood behind them. Frankenstein shows up and they all defeat the Furies, freeing them. Lex tells Superman not to tell anyone of their teaming up though. The freed Wonder Woman then uses her lasso on Darkseid to free anyone else who hasn't already been freed from the anti-life. The Daily Planet published their final issue with the headline Earth Endures and placed it in a rocket Superman crashed to Earth in along with other cool stuff to act as a message in a bottle with no planned destination. Superman shrinks everyone down and freezes them once he works on the miracle machine that Brainiac 5 showed him, as he doesn't know how long it will take him to work on it. Darkseid's entity pops up in its final stages of radion poisoning to try and discourage Superman, but he is soon killed when Superman finishes the machine and sings the music that will echo across time and space. He then hears a faint heartbeat in the Mobius chair and finds Element X, Fire of the Gods, and contains it. Mandrak then shows up with the vampire Ultraman who is unconscious Supergirl and the drained Spectre and Radiant. So, revelations were slightly important. Slightly. Very slightly. Superman then uses his stored light cells to activate the miracle machine. This calls out to Captain Marvel and Superman who is joined by Nick Zewoten who turns some Earth-26 animals into superheroes. It is followed by the Pax Dei, the soldiers of God, who are then followed by the Green Lantern Corps. We were then followed by the Forever People, who Uoten calls <coughs> the Superior Team. Uoten burns Ultraman, who then dies, and Mandrak, who is killed by the Green Lantern Corps when they stake him in the earth. 
The statues of Darkseid are removed. Friends and families are rejoined, and Nick Suotan is back in the Monitor's circle, who he tells that the Earths have survived the re-establishment of the Orrery of Earths by chaining themselves to the Earth and flying through space, pulling it along. He says that he would also like to be removed from the germ world, and carries on to say that the reason why there was a black hole at the base of creation is because that's where Darkseid fell through existence and into doom, leaving Apocalypse deserted. The planet is then reborn as New Genesis, with the new gods being reborn to live there, except for Orion. He says that he's reconstructed his Earth, 51, and Commandy tells the Tiger people there that he saw Earth remade in a vision he had in Command D. Don't! <laughs> the Monitors offer his place as one of them back to him, but he refuses, saying that the universe should be rid of Monitors, and as the Monitors' world dies around them, he says goodbye to Ouija Del, who asks him, what did Superman wish for when he turned on the Miracle Machine? He tells her to close her eyes, and says that he simply wished for a happy ending. Nick Suotan then wakes up on Earth. At the beginning of time, <coughs> an old anthro paints Metron's symbol on a cave wall. As he dies, a man places a belt on him and paints a bat on the wall. How shall he dies? Because he says it's his final dream. Alright, right, I see. Very good. Very well done. I was going to say, all seriousness, you, you have done a pretty good job of synopsizing these. Because I think I probably would have synopsized number issue seven chronologically. Yeah. To make it easier on me. No, I did do it chronologically. You did. It was a lot harder. But because I had to work out when bits take place. Yeah, because this one jumps all over the place, doesn't mm. it? Uh, I, page one, I do like that Superman's president on whatever world this is, but his colours are inverted. Well, the colours are so inverted on this earth, I think they may have a white lightning. Yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> um, yellow submarine returns, which is the, the Ultima Thule. Burning gifts. <clears throat> the music of the spheres, if I'm remembering all those old episodes of The Sky at Night, correctly, refers to old astronomers' romantic notion that the movement of heavenly bodies constituted music. Is that right? It's something like that. Not in a literal, yeah. audible sense, but like purely as, a, as an expression of joy. Um, here is very definitely audible. A Superman of this Earth, anyway, can hear it. And there's been references to this throughout the story. Uh, Captain Marvel and the question are collecting Supermans. Yeah. Which is what they were asked to do in the last issue. Uh, the Daily Planet continues past the end of the Earth and is jettisoned into space for future spacefarers to find. There are numerous cool artefacts from Earth, which we can see here in the in the Watchtower, or in the Fortress of Solitude here, uh, yeah. or the in the satellite. It's a fortress. Oh, because they're printing the Daily Planet, aren't they? Mm. Um, best of all, they've got the giant penny from the Batcave, yeah, which first appeared in the Penny Plunderers from World's Finest Comics. I don't know about you, but when all else is lost and the red skies roll over the barren, decimated landscape that was Earth, mm. the first thing I'd rescue would be that giant penny. Well, they do say on the page before that all of the unforgettable mementos were destroyed. <clears throat> so are they saying that, that the giant penny's not an unforgettable memento, are they? Well, they're saying that other cool stuff's been destroyed. Yeah, they said that there was a rebellion, didn't they? Mm. The, the metal men went berserk and wrecked one of the trophy rooms. Uh, the tension on page 9 through 12 is actually really well done. There's a really... There's a real feeling of forward momentum as all the pieces fall into place with still a few... Alright, quite a lot of unanswered questions. Why is Darkseid up for end of the Black Racer? 
Is it simply because he represents death? Yeah. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Right, okay, fair enough. He's a... Uh, it's a bit... Makes more sense of him being scared of a guy on a silent on skis rather than a teenage girl, to be honest. Well, either way, it's still death. Death yeah. is death. <clears throat> and uh, does nobody care about Dan Turpin in this? See, I, I know Dirkside's still lingering in him a bit, dying, but... I don't see how he's done anything wrong, really. He was possessed by Darkseid. Anything he did wasn't his fault. All the other people were possessed by new gods or the anti-life equation were forgiven pretty quickly. So why wasn't Turpin? He's just left there crying on the floor. <laughs> um, I had no idea. The story jumps all over the place in this issue. Mm. Uh, Morrison really forcing you to pay attention again is this him playing with the idea that all of reality is collapsing onto itself with the end and the beginning and all the worlds collapsing in on themselves so that he's told the story by jumping around in in time Um, it's a very good time travel idea there's a ton of neat moments in the issue Wonder Woman freezing the last survivors of Earth and shrinking them like ice cubes Superman singing to save the world, which I found quite funny. Um, almost destroying his vocal cords in the process, which I also thought was quite funny. Mm. Um, the idea that Darkseid committed suicide since he fired the bullet through time that ultimately killed him yeah, seems very morally dubious to me. Because well. Superman actually said to him, you committed suicide then, didn't you? Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, no, he didn't really, did he? It's like when the he, guy he cleaning his though. gun... And the gun goes off and shoots somebody. That's not murder. No, but he did. In a way, he did commit suicide when he when Superman. Well, I it is murder, but you know what I mean. When Superman confronts him, it's manslaughter. Where the flashes run up behind him, and he fires the bullet at Orion. He knows it's going to end up back at him. He knows he's going to still end up being shot at, but he still shoots Orion anyway because that's a fixed point in time. All right, so he can't do anything about Orion. That. Has had to have been shot. All right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, page 18. The bottom panel fails a bit simply because of Wayne's world. Because at the bottom of the panel, the odds are against you, Superman. And here's me in charge of an army of mind-controlled supervillains. And Darkseid says, no. <laughs> I don't get that. Is he being deliberately funny there? What, why is he saying, nah? Um, I'm just reminded of Wayne's world and it ruined the moment for me. Is, or is he carrying on a conversation that he was having? On, oh, he just keeps saying, not. Not, doesn't he? Because he's like saying something like, let's see, was that? So he's not making an obvious in all of us. He's just left going in all of us. He's not making an obvious <laughs> Wayne's World gag though. Um, <laughs> Annoying them in the last uh, moment. Mm, nah. Wait, one dog said, nah. Oh, yeah, see, I always thought I hated that. Oh, I always yeah. thought that was sarcasm for stupid people. Yeah. You don't get that I'm being sarcastic, so I'm going to say not mm. at the end of it. No, that doesn't mean that I didn't get sarcasm. It just means that you're an asshole. Ha, I won, Superman. Psych! Oh. Oh, page 90. The bottom panel is really funny. Lex says that this is a historic joining of good and evil, and um, I'll take the credit for the win, but you'll never mention this, and Superman's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> Very funny. I quite liked that. I may for- forget to uh, unfreeze you later on. Yeah. <laughs> Death of Herkman and Hawkwoman um, was purposely meant to be redone anyway, but it was soon retconned as they should begin the Blackest Night only to be killed again, and there was no reason. So was this, was this prior to Blackest Night? Yeah. Oh, I thought this was after Blackest Night. No, because Barry Allen's in Blackest Night. But Barry Allen's in this. 
as of issue two. And is this his, he, he comes yeah, back this in is, this, yeah. and then Rebirth happens. Yeah. And then Black is Night. And then Black is Night. Right, okay, fair enough. Flash Rebirth, I mean. Yeah. Right, okay. Keep that chronology straight. Not that it matters anymore. So there was no explanation as of to why they came back. They just popped up. They just did. And then died. Right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, element X was the element that the Injustice Gang had in the JLA Rock of Ages story that sends some heroes to the future where Darkseid ruled the world. Right. <clears throat> I think I vaguely remember that one. Yeah. Page 24, Mandrak shows up from Superman Beyond, which if you read this as seven single issues, you have no idea who he is, yeah. with the vampire Ultraman. So Ultraman didn't die? Or am I getting mixed up again? No, um, that monitor turns him into a vampire. Yeah, so he did. Uh, page 26, 27, having activated the miracle machine, the supermans of multi-Earths break on through to the other side. Love the 70s super dude, though, with the afro. He, he appears quite a lot. I would love it if he was called Superfly. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. See, man, that's a bad outfit. He's in Animal Man as well. <laughs> page 28... Captain Carrot. <laughs> you know that that's oh, genuinely uh, comic characters. Yes, I know Captain Carrot's genuine. I don't know who any of the others are. It looks like there's um, uh, a Judoon though. Show, yeah. no, mo, go, show. Man, Drac. Yes. Uh, the Pax Dei were in Morrison's JLA run, and one of them was even a member of the League called Zoriel. Was he? Yep. Oh. It, it's got nothing to do with the medieval Catholic movement called the Peace and Truce of God, though. All oh, right, is that just what's his name? Mm. Is that just coincidence? Completely. All oh, right. So the final couple of pages happen in quite the rush. It has to be said. So let's see if I got all this straight. Nick Suotan has earned back his status as a monitor mm. and leads the teams of the multi-parts against Mandrak and Ultraman, who the GL Corps stake as he's a vampire. Yeah. Right, okay. The story comes full circle with the explanation of the black hole in creation seen back in issue one, and that all the separate worlds have been replaced by the orrery of worlds. You Arton, who I can no, never they say. Already had the orrery of worlds. They already had the orrery of worlds. It's just the symmetry right. now that there's. The, there's the back being 52. Yeah. Right, okay. Uoten suggests that no further interference from the monitors across the world, as Nix, as a stand in for the writer, suggests that the multiverse was almost destroyed from within, i.e., DC editorial, but now deserves freedom from interference, i.e., the multiverse lives again. Yeah. He declines his offer to he declines their offer, sorry, to join them, and as the void collapses on the monitors, he's reunited with Ouija Dell before waking up back on Earth as the radio mentions the newly discovered parallel Earths. Yeah. Right. Which is a bit of a kick in the balls because he said he doesn't want to live on Earth anymore. Yes. So so where did Ouija Dell go? She's dead. Alright. So he's only alive because he's in a human body. Yeah. Okay. And then we see Bruce Wayne kind of alive and well at the dawn of man. Yep. Right. But we also see the message in a bottle rocket next to where Anthro is as well. There in the background. Right. I see. Okay, so it ends up in the past, right. and so it ends. Yep, that's Final Crisis. Uh, I read a complete Grant Morrison story. I uh, see what you've done, Stephen. I read tie-ins and crossovers. One. I read. <laughs> well, technically, I read three. Technically, technically, technically. I read three. I read one that wasn't part of the trade because of the Pretty George Prez artwork. I read and reread. 
portions of this story over and over to ensure I was getting the full experience and not missing out on the sheer magnificence that is the man's writing. Well, I read it three times beforehand and learned more from doing the notes. Yeah, well, that does help you. Um, I've tried to understand what his acolytes see in him and why he's so revered. And you know what? I have to do a speech after this as well. Yes, you'll have to do a speech after this as well. Um, Do you know what? Yeah. I've not really changed that much. I enjoyed this story, (laughs) sometimes despite the writer, not because of him. I liked the cross-continuity and the non-linear approach to the storytelling. I appreciated what he was trying to do with the story, inverting crisis and infinite terms, whilst at the same time trying to respect it. I didn't like that once again we've got a major storyline that doesn't all take place in the same title and makes little to no sense for newer readers. You would see, this is... It's editorial. This is... DC, this is Uraburus eating its tail over yeah. and over again as you constantly try to appease a shrinking fan base. It's, you know, this makes no sense. If I gave this to your mum, she would go, what? Well, it's not one for, well, any type of reader, really. No, but that's the point. It got so much hype and publicity. Because of that, probably. <laughs> because it, it, people were raging about how bad it was. But it's not bad. That's the point. I mean, I like there's some really mad ideas in this. Yeah. And I dislike there's an awful lot of characters who show up, do the thing, and bugger off with no explanation of who they are. Morrison's explanation, which we covered last week Mm. with a bad Scottish accent, uh, doesn't really hold water for me. There's a new film out at the minute called The Devil Inside. It's reviewed in this month's Empire, which is upstairs in the bathroom if you want to go and check it out. And that film, spoilers for The Devil Inside, by the way, has a scene at the end where apparently the audience is told they have to go on the internet for further details about the story. And it's met with uproar. People have walked out of that film and said, I don't want to go on the internet to find out what happens at the end of the film. And it's quite the same with this. I didn't want to go on the internet a, re- a writer's story should make sense yeah. in and of itself a reader slash viewer shouldn't have to check out ancillary material just to understand it mm. now this does this graphic novel does make sense in and of itself if just. you know who people are yes and I do think that the two Batman issues should have been in here yeah because they're moderately important. But large moments are glossed over while smaller moments are dwelled on. Superman singing at the end is a large payoff to a story that, if you only read the seven-issued Final Crisis miniseries, that didn't happen in the main narrative. If I'd have stuck with my I'm only reading the seven issues of Final Crisis statement, I'd have been completely lost, as opposed to partially lost, and this would have been another anti-Grant Morrison rant. Now, you're right, it may not be his fault. Mm. It may be editorial. Jeff Johns has said how much editorial interfered with Blackest Night, which originally he wanted to tell as a story in the Green Lantern title. He didn't want it to be a separate series. He didn't want all those spin-offs and tie-ins. That was forced on him by Didio, who was like, I see a way that we can screw the remaining fan base out of any penny they've got. Money. Well, and there's a part of you that's like, well, the guy's editor-in-chief of a comic company, it's a business, he has to make money. Yeah. But, I don't know, I've never hated Grant Morrison. Hmm. I just never understood why he's become a superstar, and this story doesn't help me understand why he's a superstar. It doesn't... It doesn't feel 
like the big event that it was hyped up to be, even with the death of Batman, which is immediately undone at the end. He focuses on ideas, not grandiose, over-the-top superonics. And maybe, that may be the story's saving grace. There are so many great ideas in here that it's hard to keep track of them. And it certainly isn't as repetitive as Blackest Night. No. And I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed Blackest Night. I enjoyed. I had pretty much the same reservations about Blackest Night as I've had about this. I enjoyed this. It was a fun and challenging read, much more so than the standard superhero mega crossover. But it it really isn't something that would work for a mass audience who just walked out of the multiplex having seen the Avengers. Yeah. And it's not. It doesn't make me urgent to go out and check more Grant Morrison work, like. I read Hellblazer and Garth Ennis. It was like, oh, right, well, I'll check out something else he's written. Yeah. This doesn't make me want to do that. Yeah. It was fine. I didn't hate it. I've not gone on an almighty rant about it. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. But, you know. Well, it's... Because I'm a fan of Grant Morrison because of... Grant Morrison? Well, yeah, because there's a bit of it where I do like mainstream comics and stuff, but sometimes they do seem like they're just another comic it seems like they're telling those stories with Morrison he may be telling those stories but it's such big ideas that I do find interesting because mm. even with stuff like Doom Patrol and The Invisibles I have no idea what's going on but I, <laughs> I like but you like the not knowing yeah, what's going on I, I like having something that I don't understand and yet go that's quite creepy or that's quite interesting or something like that and maybe that's something you'll go up to in five ten years time as you get older and you'll read it again and go alright oh, yeah. I didn't get that when I was 15. Mm. But um, with with Final <clears throat> Crisis, it's not only do I like it because it's Morrison, but <clears throat> it's the type of story I like. See, I'm more of a fan of dark stories where it seems like all hope's lost, like Empire Strikes Back and the Majora's Mask Zelda game. Whereas and Battlestar Galactica. And Battlestar Galactica. Which was bleak and miserable for four I, and a half years. It was, but I like the stories where it seems like the bad guys are winning. And the good guys because are Because that's much more like real life. And it doesn't happen as much in comics. No, comics do have a traditional black and white outlook. Yeah. No, I didn't hate it. But, yeah... Now remember those Batman zombie clones? Not especially, no. But the ones that were in the issues of Batman that aren't in this book. Well, yeah, because right. you won't know if you read the trade, that's for sure. No. But I said they were pretty integral. Well, the Batman corpse isn't Bruce's. You see, Superman at the end is actually holding one of the clones. Right. Because when Batman was hit with the Omega Beams, his body was sent to the beginning of time along with his costume. Okay. So Superman places this body in Batman's grave, which is then revived... In Blackest Night, as a messed up monster thing. All oh, right, so does that explain what we thought was a continuity error when we did Blackest Night? Well, no, the, I knew. Did you? Right, okay. And me- Necron mentions that this isn't really Bruce Wayne. Superman and Booster Gold and some other time travellers then go back in time to find the real Bruce in Time Master's Vanishing Point. Right. Uh, which acts as a companion to the return of Bruce Wayne and Flashpoint. And after Dick finds uh, the Batman corpse and tries to resurrect it with the Lazarus pit, it comes back as a zombie instead of Bruce and tries to kill him and Damien. So, I still think those two Batman issues are important and should be in the trade. No, I don't disagree with that. I I think they should have been part of this as well. Yeah. 
Next for DC was Flash Rebirth, which reestablishes Barry Allen as a member of the DCU, because it was Jeff Johns and Dan Didio's idea to bring him back. They yeah. wanted to do it at the end of Infinite Crisis, but it didn't seem right, and all that. He mentions at the back of um, the DC thing. <laughs> the DC thing. You know the thing that's on the back pages? Where yeah. Like, yeah. I can't remember what it's that, that he wanted to bring him back, and by the time of Final Crisis, the time was right. Right. Uh, next up for Morrison was the rest of his Batman story. Which is still going on. Final Crisis acts as a chapter of that. Um, Bruce has been sent to the beginning of time, which is followed in The Return of Bruce Wayne, and the new series of Batman and Robin, which follows Dick Grayson as Batman and Damian Wayne as Robin, uh, which near the end acts as a companion to the return of. When Bruce Wayne returns, he starts Batman Incorporated, which gets halfway before its series, and then BAM! Reboot. Well, they've just relaunched that, haven't they? Yeah, in the second wave, yeah. Right. <clears throat> now, according to Didio, none of the crises happened in the reboot. Yeah, which is but, something you <clears throat> loathed when he said that, didn't he? Because of this. You were absolutely... No! <coughs> they have to! <clears throat> yeah, because of Final Crisis. In the reboot, Damien is Robin... But he only becomes Robin in the series that is based after some pretty integral parts of this story. So it must have happened. And uh, in series two of Batman Incorporated comes out soon, so it must have happened as well. And also, according to Dick, he was recently Batman. So he's either mentioning Batman and Robin, which comes after Final Crisis, or Prodigal. Right. Now, it could be Prodigal due to Bane mentioning he brought Batman's back in Dark Knight 6. See, this is where my brain hurts about the reboot, because Grant Morrison is essentially carrying on with Batman as if nothing happened. And Jeff Johns carrying on with Green Lantern as if nothing Uh, happened. Everything uh, is carrying on, because, I know, Justice League Dark. But Flash Rebirth is now not Barry Allen's return. It, It wasn't. It was him coming back. And... Dealing right. with being back. Flashpoint happened because of re- uh, Rebirth. Right. Because doesn't <coughs> Rebirth have an alternate timeline created? By, where uh, Barry's Rebirth. parents are murdered. By Reverse Flash. Yeah. Who was trying no, to No, no, Barry's mum is murdered and his dad is believed yeah. to have done it. But Barry remembers both memories. Yeah. Right. So and now that not none of that happened. And further... I'll, I'll ruin it. Further down the Flash story. Reverse Flash in disguise of Barry Allen comes back and tells him about all this and Barry Al- Barry's really annoyed because he remembers his mum but she's dead because of Reverse Flash and Flashpoint happens and near the end of Flashpoint we learn Barry changed time so that Flashpoint happened and not the Reverse Flash. Ugh, time so, but also the new stories, the new, some of the new reboots uh, carries on. Cat carries on from the last stuff because Justice League Dark and Swamp Thing are all continuations of Brightest Day. I prefer All Star Western. Mm. Anyway, that was that was Final Crisis. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed it as much it's as Michael did. Of all the crises, I still like the first one. I still like Crisis on Infinite Earths. Different writing styles. Yeah, and yeah. there's I think there's a bit in Crisis on Infinite Earths where it goes off. See, I like it up to a point, and then everyone settles back down and. Um, <laughs> Everyone goes comfortable with the fact that the Earth's reploding. Yeah, it pretty much does. And Mr. Cry Man goes on the news and stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> Is that his real name? No. Okay, fair enough. Oh, well, that wraps it up. Did you enjoy it? I did. Good. I'm I learned a lot more. Michael did it all. So, like I said last week, if you don't like it, 
don't say it to complain to him. Mm. If you do like it, don't say anything because he's already moody for the yeah. most part. Uh, next week we've got a nice little change of pace. Yeah, we're going to actually recommend a book that's currently on the stands that I don't think gets enough love. Yeah, so that's what we're doing next. And week. is understandable. And is understandable. And it's pretty damn good. It but is. we're not going to tell you what it is until next week. Because we're a tease like that, aren't oh, we? Oh, yeah. Okay, we hope you enjoyed this. I, I did, I have to confess. Was it worth it? It was worth reading it for this. Yeah. Because by reading it for this, it forced me to write stuff down, which was probably helpful in understanding it. Yeah. If I just read this as entertainment, I probably would have gone, this is cack. So is me doing uh, New X-Men worth it, then? You can do New X-Men. I don't think I'm going to read all of that. Well, no, we only did this because of New X-Men. Yes. Well, no, we did this because I'm responding to the criticism that I only read part X and X part story. So, all right, I've read the whole thing. <laughs> Has that changed my opinion on Grant Morrison? Has it? Not particularly. He's, he's just not a writer who speaks to me. I don't loathe the man. Yeah. This seems to be a common thing. I, I don't hate him. I don't hate Grant Morrison. Certainly as a person, I'm nothing against him. Yeah. But... As a writer, his work just doesn't speak to me. It doesn't say anything to me personally. Mm. Occasionally, he'll write something I'll go, oh, yeah, that was actually pretty good, that. I always point to Kill Your Boyfriend, which I think is pretty damn good. Yeah. But for the mo- an animal man, which I really enjoyed. Mm. That well, got me on the Grant Morrison yeah, wagon. Yeah, but for the most part, he's not a writer that says anything to me about my life. Fair to enough. quote Morrissey. So it was worth doing, I enjoyed doing it. Yeah. But if I gave that to your mum, she'd hurl it back at me and say, What is that tribe? Wouldn't you? With the blood spewing from her nose. Yes, probably. And eyes. Right. Okay, that's it then. We'll be back next time. Michael's editing this one, so he's got to pull all this audio down into 90 minutes of cohesive genius. Oh, it will do. I'm sure it will. Mm. I will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye bye. Hey Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Make Work for Idle Hands to Do production, and all opinions expressed by Michael and Andrew in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and probably not to be taken too seriously. All music and sound clips used in the show are copyright the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money for this, much to the chagrin. New episodes drop every Thursday at aplayland.podomatic.com, but you can also listen through our Facebook page, which you can friend us on by using Hey Kids as the first name and Comics as the second name. You can also listen on our website, where you can also view the covers of the comics we've covered this week. That's www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com. If you have an opinion on our opinions, you can email us on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. We also have a forum, www.forumforgeeks.com, where you can drop by and say hello if you're allergic to email. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics.